All right, all right, all right. First, we want to say all praises to the Most High Power, Yahweh, Bahashem Hamashiach, Yahweh Shai. Right, we're doing this thing. Shabbat Shalom to the Most High. Shabbat Shalom to our Adawan, Yahweh Shai. Shabbat Shalom to you, Yasharala. All right, coming to you off the top of the dome again. You know, I like that. I like this style about this podcast. It's whatever, you know, whatever you feel like. You know, hopefully you feel inspired to go do your own podcast and uh, do what you feel like, you know. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to go on. And first thing I want to do is I want to play a little bit of this clip here. Uh, you know, it's from that old movie, uh, The Network. It's a great little clip, you know, because the guy goes off on his rant. But we're going to listen to a little bit of it here. Uh, I wanted to include it because that's the name of this podcast. We mad as hell, right? There you go. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. And there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Get up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations has this got? I know it was to the window in Atlanta. We're not going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the depression and the inflation and the oil crisis. But first, get up out of your chairs, open the window, stick your head out and yell, and say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. There you go, folks. I love that clip. I mean, I didn't play the whole little clip. It's a little bit longer, but I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, because you should be mad as hell right now. You should be saying to yourself, you know, there's there's levels out here. You know, there's a lot of people out here saying they woke and they woke and they woke and they up on this and they not being fooled no more. Back to this going this way and that way. But uh, in the end. Uh, we all got to go do our own research. And, uh, you know, it's not impossible to think that we could come together and, you know, put the, the thinking caps on and, and, you know, get this thing hammered down and, and figure out a way for us to uh, reclaim what's rightfully ours, you know, which is uh, this land and our Israelite heritage. Uh, so, you know, it's crazy how, for for instance, you know, 
they say you'll read a lot in history about a lot of famous people and they'll say things, you know, about these people. They'll give you descriptions of these people and nobody in history, none of the historians, none of the academics in academia, none of the Harvard professors, the Dartmouths, Princeton's and the Yale's, HBCU's. None of them, which lets you know one thing. First of all, people, they're all confederate with each other, right? You go to HBCUs, but you pledging Greek, right? But you're supposed to be African, but you pledging to a Greek organization, a Greek letter, right? Now, we could go deeper into that whole thing. And, and sure, this, this podcast will be longer than the time they allot me. But you get what I'm saying. At least I hope so. History is mainly a lie, not a little lie, but a blatant lie. So we got to go back and take a look at this thing. Right. And, and tonight here in this podcast, uh, we're going to go over all all praises to the most high, you know, for giving us this knowledge as well. Uh, we're going to go over some things and just take a look. And this is basic elementary research. I mean, this is nothing. Anyone could do this. Uh, if you have a, a smartphone, you can Google Safari, Edge, whatever browser you choose. You can go there and this stuff readily pops up. So one has to ask if someone with no expertise uh, in the field is able to find this information, then why haven't the scholars found this information why haven't they seen it right that's what you have to ask yourself is why haven't they seen it well I, I have an answer and the answer is they have seen it right but we have a narrative we we have an agenda that has to be followed strictly adhered to okay can't have anybody going off script you go off script and you never get back on, if you know what I mean. Okay, so we're just going to take a, a, a couple of look at some things and we're going to just what I want everybody who listens to this and hears this share it with a friend, a family member, post it to your page. You know, I want y'all to also go back and look at these things and just start looking. I mean, there are literally thousands of examples. There are multiple, multiple sources. Uh, for you to go look at, right? And what we're going to take a look at tonight again is going to be a few famous uh, Americans who they portray or tell you that are white or you may assume are white, right? Because for all we know, everybody was in slavery and there were no prominent black people, right? Barack Obama was the first black president, right? You know, and he's not even fully black, right? He's mixed. So, I mean, I know you are what your father is, but the point I'm trying to make is he wasn't the first black president, all right? Absolutely not. That is a fallacy from the pit of hell, and it's time we stop believing it, right? You got to wake up. The information's out there, right? A fifth grader could find this out if they, they knew what to type, but I'm... Sure, so a lot of them type better than us. Grown folks, as much computers and cell phones and tablets that they use. But, uh, you know, this is very easy, folks, right? So you got to get out there 
and you got to take a look. You got to start to realize that you were lied to, right? It's okay. You know, it's okay. Be humble, right? We always got to be humble. You know, we always got to be humble and, and just admit that there are things that happen that uh, we we didn't know about, right? Or, or we didn't bother to go look up. They said, you're black. And you just said, okay, I'm black. And, you know, I'm not, you know, instead of saying, no, I'm not black. Black is a color. My skin is clearly not black. It may be brown, darker in some shades, lighter in others, but it's definitely not black. Right? Don't be jealous of this melanin. Right? Got you all in your felonins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't do that. Don't do that. Be humble. Be humble, y'all. You got to be humble. Right? Say it over and over again because, look, this is basic stuff. Right? This ain't nothing crazy. But I want y'all to get mad as hell and I don't want y'all to take it anymore. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? We went to church all those years. The preacher read a couple scripts. He he told us about his life as a kid. And then you went home feeling good and, you know, sinning about four hours later again, you know. So that's the thing we want to avoid. We want to avoid people just telling us stuff and that's not, you know, doing our due diligence and just taking somebody's word for it. You know what I mean? We don't want that. We don't want that. We over that, right? a new day a new age we're not going to be our parents uh you know the people those of us who have children and you know don't have children are you around children that you can influence uh why not influence them in a positive way with knowledge you know knowledge is power the most high says i think in hosea 4 and 6 that his people perish right for a lack of knowledge right and since you reject knowledge i'm gonna reject you now y'all can correct me because i'm paraphrasing but you know what i mean go look it up Right. So let's take a look here real quick, y'all. Right. Show you some of the lies and the fallacies of history that we've all been told and and lied to. Right. Uh, This is crazy. So what we're going to do is take a look. Right. First thing I want to do is I want to take a look at the word uh, complexion. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, people will try to say that it, it refers to your your hair or uh, uh, your eye color or something like that. Right. And we want to say that's a blatant lie. Again, another lie. Right. And when you go to and there's many sources. All right. I'm not pulling out two, three, four, but they are there. Clearly, it's, it's not hard to find. And I would uh, advise that you, you you go do so. But right. But we take a look at the word um, complexion in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Right. And you go down to the third uh, definition of the word complexion. Um, and it's going to say the hue or appearance of the skin and especially of the face. Right. So it's not talking about your eye color or your hair color. Right. The appearance of skin and especially of the face. Now, what we can do is we could take a look at the word hue. You know, if you wanted to go back, you could do that. Right. And uh, and see what that word means. 
And what you're going to find is that it's just going to add more credence to uh, what we're trying to show you here. Right. Or or something like that. Uh, So that's what we want to say. But you can definitely go and look that up as well. It's just going to help further your research. It's not going to hurt you. Right. But we learned that that's the word, uh, the meaning of the word complexion. Right. Getting back to that. um, Right. The hue or appearance of the skin and especially of the face. (laughs) Right. So that's complexion. So now I want to take a a quick look uh, at uh, brunette. Right. Because what is the you look at the the definition of brunette today and it has changed. Right. Uh, Brunette now will tell you dark brown hair or uh, uh, complexion of the eye or something. Uh, You know, that's that's what it says to you. But that is uh, incorrect. Okay, so. Brunette is is actually going to be uh, the it's your complexion, right? And brunette is also going to mean dark, right? Now they're going to say brunette means a uh, relatively dark pigmentation of hair uh, or skin or eyes, right? So it it dodged a hijack because. They're throwing some stuff out there to you to throw you off. But if you go further, you're going to see that brunette uh, can mean dark skinned, dusky or swart or swarthy. Right. And that's going to mean naturally having skin of a dark color. Right now, wait a minute. Right. So brunette is dark skinned. Dusky, swart or swarthy, naturally having skin of a dark color. Right. And then if we go and look up that word swarthy, and I'm definitely going to implore every single person who listens to this, who shares this to go look up the word swarthy. If you're not familiar with the definition of it. Right. Because we just looked at brunette can mean swarthy. Right. And when you go look up the definition of swarthy, it's going to say of a dark color, complexion, or cast. Ho, ho, ho. Wait a minute. Swarthy of a dark color, right? Complexion or cast. Now we go back and we look at complexion and, and what it means. And we saw that complexion, the hue or appearance of the skin, and especially of the face. So here we have uh, complexion and swarthy, meaning dark. And then let's go take a look at the very first or should I say the first recognized first lady of these great United States, Martha Washington. Now, the thing about Martha Washington, right? is that she is someone who was described in history as the dark lady, 
right? Now, that's not something that you were taught, right? It's if you look at uh, uh, Martha Washington, um, she is described as having a brunette complexion, right? Now, now, isn't that crazy, right? We just looked up what brunette means, right? Brown or dark brown skin, right? And then we have uh, Martha Washington um, being uh, described as the dark lady with brunette complexion, right? Now, isn't that wild stuff? Have you ever been taught that in school? Has any teacher... Uh, or, or a person ever come up to you and, and in class or in a study session uh, uh, say anything to you like that? Like, hey, did you know that Martha Washington is described as having brunette complexion and was known as the dark lady? And, and folks, don't forget that we're talking about uh, the 1700s um, being called uh, the dark lady would have been a compliment, right? Uh, and, and as the quote goes, uh, it says, as a teenager, uh, she was regarded as a beauty, often referred to as the dark lady. What I really want you to notice is what he says after that, because of her brunette complexion. Wait a minute, shut the front door. Right. And, and this is a easy source to go look up. It's not anything that's hidden on the black web and dark web or whatever it is. This is things that are right here for everyone to read. This is just one source, but you can definitely go find others that are going to corroborate that as a teenager. Right. Let's let's read it again. As a teenager, she was regarded as a beauty often referred to as the dark lady because of her brunette complexion. Now, uh, we'll give you the name of this source in a moment here. But if you notice that uh, the dark lady is definitely you can look that up, that's going to be a compliment to her. And uh, you're going to read other sources that tell you that Martha Washington was uh, very uh, attractive. She was an attractive lady. Little bit they say they describe her as being on the plump side. You know that just means she was a thick sister, and 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 they say that she was very attractive, right? So think about this. She's the dark lady. Now you go look up at those pictures of Martha Washington, and you think that you tell me that's a dark lady with a brunette complexion. We just looked up what the word brunette means, right? It's not just dark hair or eyes. It's actually dark skin, right? And she's described as having a brunette complexion and complexion is the color of your skin. Right. So Martha Washington is described as a so-called black woman. Right. Why haven't anyone ever told any of us this information in all those years of school, 13 years we spent. And then for those of us who have degrees, even more being indoctrinated with their crap, but nobody ever mention this to us well folks there's a reason nobody's mentioned it to us and 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 why i wouldn't 
you know, be waiting for anybody to to uh, tell us this is because they don't want you to know and they want you to believe this whole narrative of everyone was a slave type thing. This is Martha Washington, the first lady of the United States of America, the wife of the very first president of these United States being described as a teenager, beautiful often referred to as the dark lady because of her brunette complexion folks that is a so-called black woman what you would call an african-american or negro okay that's who martha washington is and was and and you should be mad as hell that they've kept this information from you right but uh we're gonna take a look at um a couple of more Examples. Um, we're going to take a look at Hannibal Hamlin, uh, the vice president, Abraham Lincoln's first vice president. Um, you know, again, we're going to look over this definition of swarthy again, right? Because uh, when it comes to uh, Mr. Hamlin, he is described as a so-called black man, African-American Negro. Right. Being named after the great Carthaginian general Hannibal. Right. Who is known as a so-called black man as well. All right. Now, definition of swarthy of a dark color, complexion or caste. Right. And then we're going to go look. And, and, and by the way, uh, encyclopedia dot com uh, is where you can go and find that Martha Washington um description uh that was given in uh, a a letter or a book i believe that was written about her uh, but it's, it's on encyclopedia.com um right there for the world to see martha washington being described as a so-called black woman uh of dark lady could that pale white lady that they show you in all these pictures ever be called dark more or less <laughs> brunette complected you're right Right. Time is up. The gig is up. The gig is up. But getting back to Mr. Hannibal Burst, first vice president of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Now we look at Hannibal. Right. We're going to deal with Hannibal real quick. And we're just doing quick sources. I'm not I only have 59 minutes. And believe me, we could be here all day and night if we went over all the people. Francis Cleveland, the wife of uh, uh, Grover Cleveland, uh, you know, uh, was a so-called black woman. Um, who else? Uh, was it John Marshall, uh, Supreme Court Justice, I believe. Uh, and I could have gotten that name wrong, but he was so-called black man. Alexander Hamilton, a so-called black man. I mean, you, the list goes on and on and on. These are all, all so-called people of color who you would call African-American uh, or, or Negro, should I say, uh, in leadership roles running this country local governments you know they don't tell you that they went they flooded all these black towns they bombed them they they went in they took them over by war right you had black towns they went they burned them down to the ground they shut set the people on fire they shot up the houses killed every as many as they could that's real stuff man wake up people you say you're woke but you're sleeping there's levels to this thing Right. It's levels. Always remember it's levels, huh? But anyway, let's go take a look at the life and times of Hannibal 
Hamlin. Now you can go to uh, Google Books. This is just, uh, like I said, this is elementary. And if I mispronounce that, whatever. But this is uh, elementary stuff that you can look up and uh, and and read. But we're going to look at uh, page 55 and I'm going to read. Uh, I just want to read this paragraph. So uh, I'll read a little bit of it. Right. It says um, starts at the top toward us. But they designed to place over the south a man who has Negro blood in his veins. They put a renegade South room on one side for president and they put a man of colored blood on the other side of the ticket for vice president of the United States. Wow. Really? This was a sectional convention. They nominated men upon a sectional principle with not a single Southern state represented among them. They proposed a platform of principles utterly inconsistent with the constitution of the United States by which their rules should be governed. Mr. Hamlin's swarthy complexion. Now, right. Am I going to go back and read it for you again? Yes, I am. Right. Swarthy of a dark color, complexion or cast. Right. And then we go look at uh, the definition of complexion, the hue or appearance of the skin and especially of the face. Then we go back to the life and times of Hannibal Hamlin. And we here see here Mr. Hamlin's swarthy complexions furnished a pretext for coining this miserable falsehood. And Rhett's responsibility in standing as sponsor for the lie made him more culpable than the ignorant inventor. Now, uh, it's, it's just going to show you that they'll give you the truth, right? Right. But, you, you know, they try to take it back. Right. But let's go down further. Um, and it says he who also seen many a man in Congress who was as dark as Mr. Hamlin and whose ancestry no one had dreamed of questioning. An amusing incident is peculiarly apropos. Mr. Hamlin and R.M.T. Hunter of Virginia bore a striking resemblance to each other. And Mr. Hunter was fully as swarthy as Mr. Hamlin. They were often taken for each other. <laughs> On one occasion, a ludicrous blunder was made. A pro-slavery scheme was before the Senate. Mr. Hamlin did not happen to be in his seat. <laughs> and it goes on to say that Mr. Hunter... Uh, another so-called black man <laughs> got mistaken for Hannibal Hamlin. Uh, this is this is all stuff that you can go go and see. I mean, you can go look at senatorial records and debates and and all these type of things, and it's all going to tell you uh, they you know they called Hannibal Hamlin things like nigger, mulatto, and all kinds of stuff, but he was. A so-called black man now swarthy. I don't know how you get swarthy. And we just read the definition multiple times as being mulatto like that man was dark brown. He was a brown man. Right. And he was the first vice president for Abraham Lincoln. And it must make you think, well, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> has a so-called black man as his vice president. Well, what else could that mean? Well, let's take a look at uh, Abraham Lincoln, right? So what we do is is, is take a look at um, 
Walt Whitman, uh, you know, the uh, writer, the famous writer, uh, he wrote uh, some, you know, uh, a story or an article. Uh, and in it, he talks about how he sees the president every day. Um, actually, I think it's in the Washington, uh, the Washington Post. But uh, if you look at this <laughs> and as I'm reading this, it says democracy dies in darkness. Well, let's bring it to the light. We don't want democracy to die. Right. Uh, so Whitman wrote a thing that says, I see the president almost every day. Right now, Walt Whitman being a, a poet, uh, probably was someone that we could all generally say is, is uh, good with words. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, things of that nature. He's going to be very uh, descriptive. Right. He's going to be. um uh be able to describe uh, someone uh, very well. Now, he said he saw uh, the president uh, almost every day, right? So let's look what he says. And, and if you go down um, in the writing, and this was written, um, let me see when he wrote this. I believe it was 1863. Uh, yes, August 12th, 1863. And uh, well, you know what? It's story time, kids. We're, re we're going to read down a little bit uh, in what he says, right? So he says, I see the president almost every day. As I happen to live where he passes to or from his lodgings out of town, he never sleeps at the White House during a hot season, but has quarters at a healthy location some three miles north of the city, the soldier's home, a United States military establishment. I saw him this morning about eight and a half coming into business riding on Vermont Avenue near L Street. He always has a company of 24 or 30 cavalry with sabers drawn and held upright over their shoulders. They say this guard was against his personal wish, but he let his counselors have their way. The party makes no great show in uniform or, horse or horses. Mr. Lincoln on a saddle generally rides a good sized, easygoing gray horse, is dressed in plain black, somewhat rusty and dusty, wears a black stiff hat and looks about as ordinary in attire and as the commonest man. A lieutenant with yellow straps rides at his left and following behind, two by two, come the cavalrymen in their yellow striped jackets. They are generally going at a slow trot as that is the pace set by them by the one they wait upon. The sabers and accountants clink, um, Salakia, the sabers and accoutrements clank, an entirely unornamental cortege as it trots toward Lafayette Square uh, arouses no sensation. Only some curious stranger stops and gazes. I see very plainly Abraham Lincoln's dark brown face with the deep cut lines, the eyes always to me with a deep latent sadness in the expression. We have got so that we exchange bows and very cordial ones. Now, look at that. Let's read that again. I see very plainly Abraham Lincoln's dark brown face with the deep cut lines, the eyes always to me with a deep latent sadness in the expression. We have got so that we exchange bows and very cordial ones. Now, he, that, this is, you're bowing to a man. That's respect, right? You, you're, you're saluting him. You're greeting him. You're acknowledging him. 
So y'all are going to look and, and stare and, and see each other. This man has clearly just said Abraham Lincoln has a dark brown face. Now, what are they going to tell you? White man has a dark brown face? No, they cannot tell you that. All right. Uh, but let's take a look. Let's go. Uh, I just want to go one one more step further. We're not going to I'm not going to keep you much longer, uh, but I definitely want you to share this. I definitely want you to do your research on this. OK. Right. And this is uh, Abraham Lincoln right now. He said it in multiple places in his own biography. He gives a description of himself as having a dark complexion. Uh, we know what the word complexion means now. Right. This is elementary stuff. Easy stuff. First grade stuff. They should have taught us this in first and second grade. Right. But now this is a letter that Abraham Lincoln wrote himself. Now, he wrote this self to a Josephus Hewitt. Right. And this letter was written uh, February 13th, 1848. Now, we're not going to read uh, the whole letter, uh, but we're going to we're going to take a look. Right. At the first opening lines. And this is what Abraham Lincoln starts off his letter to Josephus Hewitt. It says, your Whig representative from Mississippi, P.W. Tompkins, has just shown me a letter of yours to him. I'm jealous because you did not write to me. Perhaps you have forgotten me. Don't you remember a long black fellow <laughs> who rode on horseback with you from Tremont to Springfield nearly 10 years ago? Sw swimming your horses over the Mackmaw on the trip? <laughs> wow. Did y'all hear that? This is why you should be mad as hell. Let's read this. This is Abraham Lincoln now. He wrote this is in the National Archives. This is not hidden. This is not. You know, I didn't have to dig. I typed in Abraham Lincoln, long black fellow, and bam, this pops up. Right. So this is all stuff. This is public record. This is not, you know, I had to go dig it and pay somebody on the dark web to give it to me. But let's read it again. Your Whig representative from Mississippi, P.W. Tompkins, has just shown me a letter of yours to him. I am jealous because you did not write to me. Perhaps you have forgotten me. Don't you remember a long black fellow who rode on horseback with you? <laughs> now, that's it, man. And that's, this is just like I said, this is elementary stuff. Easy stuff, folks, for you to go back and take a look and, and find. I just provided you with at least one, two, three sources, depending, you know, swarthy complexion, brunette. We got Martha Washington being described as being brunette. We got uh, Hannibal Hamlin being described as being swarthy and we got Abraham Lincoln uh, being described as uh, a so-called uh, black man. He calls himself a long black fellow. Now, I want to tell y'all if a crime happened right and, and the house got broken into, you know, and the police come right and all the neighbors come out of the house and they say, well, you know what happened is it was a we saw the guy getting away. And you say, well, the police say, well, how did this guy look? And they say, well, he was a long black fellow. I tell you what, they're not going to go looking for a so-called white man, are they? 
So who is this white man that they've been telling us is Abraham Lincoln all these years? Right? This is Abraham Lincoln in his own words. What white person has ever described themselves as being black? Now the hijack to Dodge is that there were black people who were considered white because white was a social status, right? It wasn't a color in the 1800s. A lot of so-called black Europeans, when they came to America, when they immigrated here, they had the social status of being white, right? Which is why they were presidents and senators and governors and mayors and all kinds of things in those days that they don't tell us about. But history is being awakened. All praises to the Most High for allowing us to get this knowledge and be able to share it with y'all and for you to go and take it to somebody and we can uh, begin, or uh, not begin, I should say, but continue to, uh, and, I, and I know this term is so cliche, but to wake up as a people, you know, and, and know who we are and say, where are all the records? Where are all our history, right? Where's everything at? I want to see the tribes and everything and breakdowns and I want to see it all. Make it all public record, right? But they don't do this because this stuff is in plain sight. This goes against the narrative, right? This, this messes up everything. Here we got Martha Washington, Hannibal Hamlin, and Abraham Lincoln, three very prominent Americans who are so-called black, right and this is the thing and that's why we want to go out and research and take a look and keep going never stop learning never stop having the desire to learn right because we always want to say we don't know enough right and we want to master a lot of different things right we want to be autodactyle learners right or, or should I say didact you know we, we want to do it on our, our own. Y'all know what I'm trying to say, you know. We don't want to be ingrained and put in the system anymore, right? Because it's lies. It's all lies. We got Black History Month. I want to see Martha Washington being displayed in Black History Month. I want to see Hannibal Hamlin. I want to see Francis Cleveland. I want to see uh, John Marshall. You know, I want to see all these famous people that are described as being swarthy or having brunette complexions. I want to see the real people, right? They're, they're so-called black people. So that's it, folks. We're going to shut it down after that. It, uh, you know, I wanted to record this today because uh, I feel like it's important information that needs to get out there. Um, and uh, I want people to listen to it. So thank y'all for listening. I hope you can like it, share it, become a, a, a subscriber, you know, so I could do these podcasts more regularly uh, and put them out there. But um, on that note, I'm going to say all praises to the Most High. Bahashem Hamashiach, Yahweh Shai, Kwam Yasharala. All right. And, uh, one side note, I want y'all to do me a favor and go check out Cinder.com, right? And Cinder.com is the latest in social media. And it's an app that is uh, so-called black owned. 
And uh, it is a website and uh, it's a community site. It's for everyone and it's for you to be able to speak your truth. And uh, I'd like for y'all all to check it out. It's $2.99 to sign up. Uh, we do have a referral program. You know, normally you don't pay for social media. That just means you're the product, people, right? They're using you, Mark Zuckerberg and, and, and uh, Ramsey or whatever his name, and Ken Dorsey or whatever, Jack Dorsey. Uh, they're using you to make their billions, right? They're letting you come on, come on for free, everyone. But then they're making all the money off the advertisement and selling your information and all these different kinds of things. And we're not trying to do that. What we're trying to do is uh, let you be a partner with us and let us all grow together. Keep the lights on. We charge an, a, a nominal fee, but uh, it's a site that has everything for you. There's television or tube, television sender tube. We, we're working on a cryptocurrency. Uh, that'll be attached to the business as the business value grows, the cryptocurrencies value grows. We got a lot of things coming. We appreciate your support. We always scream, uh, Kwam Yasharala. We always scream all praises to the Most High Power, Yahweh. And we always say, Bahashem Hamashiach, Yahweh Shai. He is our Adawan. Shalom.